Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Hope Life Podcast, a podcast that allows you to hear the hearts of Hope Church pastors and leaders through real conversations about life, ministry, vision, and goals, or some of the exciting ways that God is working through their specific ministry or congregation. This is a great resource for our church family, and we're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to today's episode. Hopefully, we will all leave today's conversation more inspired to passionately follow Jesus and make him visible as together we live the hope life. Hey, happy Friday, Hope family, or whenever it is that you're listening to this. Welcome to the Hope Life podcast. As usual, I am your host, David, and I am delighted to be joined today by the prodigal son, he who had left the fold and has now returned, uh, Mr. Nathan Cravat. How are you doing, David? Good to see you, man. Man, I'm doing good. It's Wednesday at the time of our recording. Um, we're going to have small group tonight. It's been a few weeks since we've had small group just because, you know, it's that time of year where people are getting sick. And with just with a, a brand new brand new baby, we're trying to make sure that he, he doesn't get sick Um and so, you know, just trying to, what happened, we've had to cancel. And then of course, the, you know, the holidays and everyone was too full on Thanksgiving to, to, to do anything and to be useful. So uh, we had to skip then. And so uh, we're having a small group again uh, tonight. So I'm really excited about that. Um, how are you doing? What's, uh, what's going on in your life right now? Well, uh, actually, I was with the uh, dynamic duo, Brian Edwards and Jesse Young yesterday. Uh, Jesse brought up two men uh, from his church to help us work on the parsonage here at Hope Church Asheville. And so I uh, got to spend a couple days with those, those guys. They helped us finish the plumbing in our house, which is a tremendous accomplishment. And uh, we had had some other guys uh, come in and help us out as well. So we need all the help we can get. And I'm so thankful for the Hope Church family and for all the prayers and everybody that have, that's reached out to us. But Today, honestly, it is a very rainy day here. It's not too cold, which I love the rain and hate the cold. So I'll take the rain over cold any day. And uh, it's a little bit dreary, though. And uh, I am sore from head to toe. Those guys worked me like a dog. I was the gopher. I was the official gopher yesterday. I think I made 12 trips in one day to Lowe's and back. And uh, not to mention all the other stuff I did around the house. We have three levels in the parsonage, so up and down stairs all day. But except for that, except for being sore, I'm doing great, man. God's been good to us. He's blessing us here in Asheville. I'm fired up. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm happy to. I'm happy to hear that. I mean, it's it's so cool. Um, whenever you have a, a team of people, you know, I spent. Um, I spent a year in England and when I was in England, um, there was, we were working with like a group of churches that were all um, independent, but they like worked together, you know, and that was just kind of one of the main things that we, that, that I gleaned from that is that, you know, life, time is, is too short. And we, for growing up, you know, a lot of churches did their own thing and, you know, they wouldn't really interact with one another. And the truth is we don't, we don't have time, we don't have the resources to not be helping one another. And so the fact that um, just like as a as a hope church, uh, we can come together when someone needs help um, like that and, and and get things going. You know, many hands make light work. I mean, I couldn't imagine trying yeah. to do that all all by yourself. You know, um, and so that that's awesome to hear. Now you're in Asheville. We'll get to that here in just a second. Um, but 
tell us a little bit about, uh, I guess, uh, about yourself. And I mean, so what is, what are you currently doing right now? So your right position, now, I guess I would say, or, you know, what? Yes. Or, yeah. So currently I'm the lead church planter for Hope Church Asheville. So um, I am, I moved to Asheville two and a half months ago uh, with my family. And uh, we are currently in transitional housing in uh, Airbnb and uh, working on our house here. We started, I arrived on a Saturday and Sunday morning was our first service. So we did not have the luxury of, of you know, doing planning for a year, starting a core group. We literally left Anderson, South Carolina, drove to Asheville, moved multiple trucks unloaded loaded unloaded and the very next morning i was leading worship and preaching so so it's been quite an experience here yeah i mean you so i mean you took off you took off running i mean that was yeah uh right away so but we'll we'll get to that here in a second so tell us a little bit about um you know what what was your introduction to ministry because i mean i think your story is a little bit uh unique um you know from the other people that i talked to uh, you have a little bit of a different introduction growing up into ministry. Yeah. So when I was right before I was born, my my mother and father uh, were converted to Christianity. They were uh, they've been raised in and out of church, but did not have a true relationship with Christ. And in the early 70s, they were uh, hippies in the hippie movement and living in Pensacola, Florida, partying on the beach, the whole yeah, the whole scene, I have a picture of them in bell bottoms. My dad had really long hair and, you know, my mom looked like the typical flower girl, flower child. And um, they drove this panel van and they were just living it up in the 70s. And my dad, the, the short version of the story is that my dad was on the way out of the house to go on a drug deal and my mom had a migraine headache. And this was right before I was maybe a year before I was born. And uh, my mom was crying and my dad decided he didn't need to go on this drug deal. He was going to stay at home and help my mom. And on that drug deal, my uncle was murdered and uh, my aunt was almost murdered. She ran away and ran through the woods and, and got away from the people that were robbing them. And uh, that woke my, my mom and dad both up. And that next Sunday morning, they were in church. And not too long after that, they received Christ. And they just went all in. I mean, they within a, a year, my dad was going to some kind of Bible school um, and he began praying about full time ministry. God called them in the ministry and they moved away from Pensacola. We were headed to Texas, ended up stopping off in uh, Louisiana, worked there uh, at a children's home for a year. And then had like a year of transition where they were praying about what the next step was. And then we got called to Rock Spring, Georgia, which is right outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I lived there from the time I think I was seven until um, uh, I guess a year and a half ago when I moved to Anderson, South Carolina. So <laughs> grew up there for 40 years, basically. And so I grew up in a boys home setting. Mom and dad, full-time ministry. My dad was a pastor. And uh, really, it was the last thing I would have ever wanted to do because uh, I, I wanted God to be a part of my life, but uh, I had no plans to, to serve him like full-time, be in the ministry. I wanted to make a lot of money. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to have a whole lot of fun. 
And that was just about as simple as my mind worked. You know, I mean, <laughs> three of the top idols of our culture, you know, fame, wealth, and pleasure. And that was what I was chasing after and had a, was going to Christian high school and uh, basically lived a double life and got married living that double life. And a couple of years into marriage, God has a way of letting all that come crashing down on you. And that's where I truly met Christ and truly surrendered my life to him and quit playing games with God. And that's where he truly saved me, changed my life, changed my desires. Uh, after I got saved, I was praying one night and heard these words come out of my mouth. I said, God, I want to do what my dad did. I want to help young people. I want to preach the gospel. I want to share your love with them for the rest of my life. And as those words came out of my mouth, it I, I was terrified because I didn't set out to pray that night to say that. I was just pouring my heart out to God and he had changed the desires of my heart. And at that moment, I walked away from a career or within the next few months, walked away from a career and uh, in the construction industry and uh, started a job as full-time youth pastor and started a ministry and started seminary all at the same time. And our lives just totally uh, switched paths in that moment. And We've been serving the Lord now for uh, 17, 18 years. Man, praise God. I mean, and what's what's neat is like, you know, like growing up in a boy's home. I mean, that is a, <laughs> I mean, you grow up quick and you learn all kinds of things, you know, in that yes. environment. And, um, but at the same time, you know, I think that's, that's often the story of so many people is that, that double life of, you know, on the outside, you got to perform and you got to show that you're a Christian, that you're a good Christian. And then. Um, on the flip side, you know, on the inside, you're, you're really just, you're pretending. And, um, but what's awesome is that along the way, God plants those seeds in your heart and, you know, they're not as his, as his words, as his word says, they, they don't return void. I mean, they're there and yeah. they're germinating. And it's like, it's awesome to see how the Holy spirit through the gospel, uh, really wakes us up and, and we can truly come to him and, and believe And God. I mean, just like I was talking to Clint a couple of weeks ago and God never stops uh, chasing after us, it seems. And so Amen. Uh, that's awesome to see that, that the story, the same story is true for you. Um, now, you know, you talk about walking away from a career and I imagine, I mean, how was that conversation with, with your family? Did you have any kids at this point or, uh, was it just you and your wife? So, so we, that's a great question. We had two kids, um, and we were, I had the best, job best paying job um i had ever had in my life and uh had kind of worked my way up through the construction industry and you know moved to some different branches of it but was still doing what i knew and uh really what i loved i transitioned into sales and was starting to make more money and starting to have tons of doors open for me and once the lord just changed my life got a hold of my heart and i started praying um he started putting people in my life and opening doors. And, you know, my situation is a little bit of an extreme situation, I think, because uh, my dad had a, a tent, like a old fashioned 500 person tent that you set up and, you know, put sawdust down and have these meetings. Well, uh, he got it for the purpose of his church using for ministry. And I asked him if we could use it to go uh, do some ministry and around like trailer parks and housing projects where we could do it for young people and really for anybody, but we were going to do some youth programs because I was in, in volunteering in youth ministry. 
and uh, he said, yeah, we could use it for free anytime we wanted to, no problem, just let him know. So we made flyers, started planning everything out. Me and uh, I had, I was in a pretty large church with maybe nine or 10 other preacher, young preacher boys, uh, 25 and under. Uh, and we were all preaching in jails and prisons and doing all this. And we came up on the way to a revival service one night, we came up with this idea to do this tent ministry. So uh, in the process of making the flyers, my dad calls me one day and he says, hey, um, I sold the tent. And I was like, you did what? You know, my heart was kind of broken. I was like, you did what? You, you know, because it was free and we could use it whenever we wanted to. It was nice. He said, yeah, but uh, the guy I'm selling this tent to, he owns like six trailer parks. And the reason he was buying the tent was because he wants to find a youth pastor to come do ministry in his trailer parks. And I was like, I said, what did you just say? Like, I didn't believe what he was saying. He said, yeah. And I told him that my son was wanting to use it for trailer park ministry and, and reaching out on the projects and uh, things like that in the inner city. And he said, this guy just, his mouth was just hanging open and he asked for your phone number. So I hope you don't mind. I gave it to him. So I was like, sure. So the guy calls me and uh, a couple of days later for lunch, we met and he starts uh, telling me, we talked about the tent and that whole situation. We laughed and thought it was funny. But then he starts telling me about the dream that he and his wife had had to reach these people living in uh, these poverty situations in low-income trailer parks. And um, they started asking some very specific questions about me and my background down to like questions like, have you ever, you know, worked with horses? And I was like, yeah, I grew up on a ranch and we had 12, 15 horses at all times. And they just started crying. And I was like, what? And he was like, we've prayed specifically for two years that God would send someone that was a little rough around the edges. Now, you know me, Dave, David, but like that's, that's me. I'm rough yeah. around the edges. <laughs> uh, someone that has experience with horses, someone that is a, is in youth ministry and like literally everything they were praying for was what I had been praying on the other side that God would let me do. And so the way it worked out, um, I ended up being offered a youth pastor job at the same time. So I left this secure career job and ended up uh, taking a part-time job, starting a ministry in rural trailer parks and a part-time job as a youth pastor. And so the first, you, you originally started asking this question, like, what did that conversation sound like? So I went home from work that evening after I met with uh, Wes Williams the guy who ended up becoming my best friend and co-founder of this ministry, I had lunch with him and went home and said, uh, you know, I've been praying about ministry opportunities. And my wife was like, yeah. I said, well, I met a guy today who wants me to quit my job and start a trailer park ministry. And you can imagine how that conversation went. It was, I think she laughed at me. Yeah. I think she was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. And I was right. like, I know it is. I didn't even like defend myself. I was like, it's insane. I know I said, but I just want you to come meet these people. They were really nice people. And I at least want you to meet them. And she reluctantly agreed to do that. And once we sat down with them and they shared the story with her, we went home and on the way home, she said, this is insane. This is crazy, but I cannot deny that God is doing something. And less than a month later, I'd quit my job and, and we were starting these ministries. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm just sitting here just like just shaking my head because you know, there's a, 
there's a story in the Bible where um, I think Saul and, and his son and a few other, I mean, they, the army, they're going to go and fight a battle. And uh, Saul's sleeping under a tree and Jonathan tells his armor bearer, you know, hey, why don't we go? And, you know, if, if God's with us and, you know, he'll, he'll do something. And if not, well, then, you know, if not. And so he sends an earthquake and, you know, everybody's in disarray and these uh, their enemy starts fighting each other. And so, you know, to Jonathan and his armor bearer, they know this is God who sent the earthquake because we prayed for this. Um, yeah. But to, to Saul sleeping under a tree and everyone else, it was just an earthquake. And they didn't mm. realize what was going on. And, and, and the story there is that, you know, when we're tuned into prayer, uh, and we're tuned in with God. Um, the earthquakes aren't just earthquakes. You know, it's it's God and His hand um, weaving a thread uh, throughout the whole throughout our story and throughout our life. And so, I mean, just awesome to see that. You know, the the faith of you know Wes and your co-founder. I mean, their faith and 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 um, you know those people to 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 pray and and you know here comes you know you were you weren't just an earthquake. You weren't just some kid looking for an opportunity. You know, you were someone they'd specifically prayed for. Um, and, and God was working all of those things together. And so, I mean, and, and because of that, you know, you guys were able to walk away and step in faith and say, you know what, if, if this is God's hand in this, then we have no choice, but to, but to trust him after all, he is trustworthy and he's proven himself time and time again, and he'll do it again, uh, when you step yeah. in this position. And so you start in this ministry, you start serving with the youth, um, what what happens next? I mean, I guess you do, you, do you stay in that area? How long are you doing that for? Do you move anywhere else? What, what's going on in your life afterwards? Yeah. So for the next 12 years, I was the director of that ministry and it grew tremendously. We ended up going from uh, the six trailer parks that he owned um, and we would do different outreaches in those to starting a weekly uh, Bible study, um, actually two, one for younger students and one for the older students. And uh, we ended up driving vans and buses, uh, kind of a new take on bus ministry. <laughs> but we were picking kids up from all over. Instead of the beginning, we had a trailer that I pulled behind my truck that was like a mobile youth building. It was it was really cool. Popcorn machines, video, video games, music system, um, snow cone machines. It was just it was just this really cool, like a backyard Bible club type thing. And we would go to nine or ten different. Uh, mobile home parks and even you know inner city areas and then uh, after that we ended up renting a mobile home in one of the parks and turning it into a uh, community center and that's where the ministry just took off because all the kids in those in that location and all the three or four uh, roads around the the same neighborhood uh, would would come there we had half the kids that would walk and then we ran two or three buses vans uh, 15 passenger vans. Uh, don't ask me how many kids we packed on those 15 passenger vans because it was not anywhere <laughs> near the number 15. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was way more than that. And I just never was good at telling kids no. Um, thankfully, I never got arrested for that because uh, we went through a roadblock one night and a state trooper walked up to the to the uh, window. And this is one of those moments, which this is a total side rabbit trail. I don't even remember how it got here. But uh, he state trooper walked up to the window and it was at the Tennessee Georgia line. We're leaving a church service, and I, I probably had 25 kids on that 15 passenger van. I mean, I don't know how they all had seats. And um, so we're he he has me roll down the window, and he says, "Hello, sir. How are you tonight?" I said, "I'm doing great, thank you. How are you?" And 
He's like, I'm fine. He said, he leaned back and looked and saw all those kids in there. And he said, everybody's buckled up, right? And in that moment, like time just stood still. My brain thought this whole scenario out. And I thought, I'm bringing these kids back from church. I can't lie to this police officer for the kid's sake. Number two, I'm not going to lie to him because all he can see how many kids are in here and they don't make those many seatbelts. I mean, seatbelt. So I just, we had that moment where we're like staring each other down and I just turned around in the seat and I said, everybody buckle up and turned back and looked at the officer. I said, I sure hope so. And he just smiled at me. He said, you guys have a nice night. And he let me go. But anyway, so for like 12, 13, 14 years, we were doing that. At the same time, I had two or three different youth pastor jobs where I, I, moved churches a couple times one time we uh felt caught the very first youth pastor job was amazing the church loved us god ended up opening a door at our home church and we prayed about that moved back to become the youth pastors there and uh the pastor left long long story i don't have time to tell it and we ended up um feeling like it was time for us to leave that church due to some changes and different things like that and uh, God opened the door. Uh, we we started attending Calvary Chapel, and uh, ended up uh, in Chattanooga being a uh, middle school youth pastor and assistant high school youth pastor in Calvary Chapel. That's where I met Brian Edwards. And the way I met Brian Edwards was on Facebook. Uh, I made a comment on Craig Edwards' Facebook post where some people were attacking him, and I just stood up for him and told him I you know respected him and and uh, just keep serving the Lord and don't worry about the haters. And Brian ended up sending me a thank you message and then for standing up for his daddy and then uh, sent me a friend request. And I think within a few weeks, we'd gone from just chatting online to uh, calling each other on the phone. We became friends and he asked me to come speak at one of his pastor's conferences. And since we met face to face, it was just over. We were we were like best friends. And uh, man, it's that's been. I don't, I don't even know how long ago, probably I would guess close to 10 years ago that God brought Brian into my life. And he's been an amazing friend. We planted two churches together and started a podcast together. And um, that's just the public stuff. Uh, we have a, a, a deep, deep brotherhood, a friendship that is truly an answer to prayer that, that God uh, answered years of praying that God would put people in my life that would be more than just acquaintances and that I could develop some true deep friendships with. And Brian Edwards is one of my best friends in the world today. Right on. Well, all right, well, you already brought Brian into this, so we might as well go to that, uh, to, uh, to that portion. So, so, you know, you're, you're doing the um, all youth pastoring and you're at different ministries. And of course you meet Brian and, um, and, you know, people will know that, uh, you and I are old because we we communicate via Facebook, and uh, you know nobody younger than yeah, yeah. us uh, does that anymore. So there you go. Um, but nonetheless, you guys get connected. And how? Where does the conversation start about uh, planning uh, planting a Hope Church? Because Hope Church Asheville is not your original Hope Church uh, affiliation. No. So you know. Once he invited me to the pastor's conference, I think I ended up going to two different pastor's conferences and speaking on youth ministry. And 
met, you know, Brian's whole network of pastors and friends. And that's just been another huge blessing in my life. But uh, in the process, I ended up being, uh, the best way to describe it is laid off from my, my job at Calvary Chapel as youth pastor. And I had been talking to them about God putting something in my heart for church planting and missions. And I just didn't know what direction God was taking me. And I, I let them know I was completely transparent. But I think they kind of felt like I was communicating to them that God was leading me away. So they hired somebody else and let me know that my season there was done. It was it was pretty painful, uh, but I knew without a doubt that God was answering prayer in my life because I had been praying for him to give me clear direction. And Brian Edwards had asked me two months before that happened to pray about pastoring a Hope Church. And uh, this was back um, uh, years ago uh, when Craig Edwards was first thinking about retiring or going back on the road as a uh, evangelist. And um, originally, Brian and I started talking about, you know, one day would you be interested in moving to Mount Airy and thinking about that? And uh, I'm not sure a whole lot of people know that, but I hope I don't don't get in trouble for saying that. But <laughs> anyway, it was just like, you know, he was it was early planning stages for him. And uh, again, a long story short, uh, I told him I would pray about pastoring a Hope Church. And I think he had a few other, you know, locations that he was praying about planning at that time. And um, I prayed and asked God to make it clear. And when I walked out of the office, when they basically laid me off and uh, they told me they weren't firing me, but I didn't have a job anymore. And um, it wasn't my decision. So, <laughs> so however you make that me. work logic. Yeah. yeah however you make that work. Out of yeah. the office, I walked out of the office and I looked up and I was like, Lord, that was pretty clear. I asked him for clear direction. And I was like, maybe not so clear next time. That was, that was a little hard. <laughs> and, but I knew it was his will. And so I called Brian and told him and ended up driving to Danville for a couple of days. We drove around and talked. And in that two day conversation, uh, extended conversation, um, he ended up telling me he didn't think I needed to move to North Carolina or Virginia to plant a church. He said, everything you're talking about, it sounds to me like God's moving your heart to plant a church in Trenton, Georgia. And in that moment, it just, everything came clear because that was what I originally started talking to my pastors at Calvary Chapel was about planting in Trenton. And when Brian said he, he just, it was apparent and obvious from my conversation that my heart was in Trenton, Georgia. He said, I think that's awesome. Why don't we just plant a church in Trenton, Georgia? And I was like, could we do that? And he was like, yeah. So we started having a conversation and, you know, that was five and a half, six, six and a half years ago, something like that. And we started it in 2016 and after a season of planning and uh, I was there for four and a half years before God called me to Anderson, South Carolina and was able to raise up three or four other elders. And the church voted, when I told them I was leaving, they voted one of the elders in 100%. And God is still using that church, it's doing amazing things, they're growing. Uh, such good people there, that was one of the just greatest experiences of my life, starting with four people in my living room and watching God bring around 150 people together four wow. years later. Praise the Lord. Just, just amazing uh, experience. And so my plan was to go to Anderson, South Carolina, and 
wind down a little bit, you know, just kind of uh, uh, put it in a lower gear, serve as a youth pastor and uh, associate pastor and have a little bit slower pace to, to recharge and ended up in Anderson, uh, I think, as busy or more busy than I have ever been in my life or in my ministry and uh, learned so much there. I was there with Chad Gamble, a good friend that I actually met through, Brian Edwards. And I uh, learned so much from him. I was stretched out of my comfort zone to learn a lot of administrative stuff and things that uh, Chad is very gifted in. And he mentored me and helped me. And I was able to help him there. was there for a year and almost a year and a half. And uh, in that process, I was helping Brian try to find a, a pastor for this Asheville church plant. And, you know, there were two or three guys that we thought were going to come and I was in conversations and trying to help them. And uh, finally, everything fell through. And, and Brian asked me, he said, uh, Nathan, why, why don't you why don't you come do this? He said, we, we all, all the pastors feel like you're the guy. And I was like, I finally told him after I said no about a dozen times, I finally told him I would pray. And when I started praying about it, uh, my heart just started changing. And, and we came and visited and, and saw the facilities, saw the opportunity, asked some specific questions. And man, it just, I couldn't sleep at night. It was, it just started, uh, it, it overwhelmed me. Like it was a burden. It was a passion. And uh, we had to close the chapter. It took us about three months to close the chapter in, in Anderson, South Carolina, because I wanted to honor them. And uh, we were able to transition. And for two and a half months now, we've been in Asheville, super excited. God's doing amazing things. And uh, we're still just, I feel like I just got here yesterday. So mm. people ask me all the time, how's the church plant going? And I want to say, I, I, it's just starting. Like I literally just got here. But we're not getting in any huge hurry. We're just trying to make friendships. And uh, there were uh, eight to 10, maybe 15 people all in all that were at this existing church location that voted to make this a Hope Church. And then Brian uh, uh, convinced me to come and be the, and the Lord opened the door for me to come and be the pastor. And we also have some new people that have started attending the church. So we're right around 30 people right now. And uh, had a new young couple come this past Sunday that found us online. So word's starting to get out. God's starting to uh, uh, answer some small prayers. And we're starting to see some promises of big prayers being answered. So uh, that's what's happening right now. Man, I mean, that's so, you know, I started off the episode with with saying that you were the prodigal just because, you know, you at one point you were a Hope Church planter. And then, uh, you know, God had um, changed gears changed your gears for you and you'd uh, moved to to anderson and you were there and and you know i just remember hearing the news that that you were going to be coming to Asheville. not just like he was not in anderson for very long i mean just a year and a half was <laughs> wasn't not. and uh he just couldn't stay away and so um and so that i mean how how neat though that that i mean god still uh, placed that burden on your heart to church plant and you know what i i grew up in hickory north carolina and so Asheville is always always on my mind um i love you know my wife and i we lived in uh, Johnson City for a while, and Johnson City is is you know just under an hour away from Asheville, and so anytime we got a yeah. chance, uh, we would hop over to Asheville for uh, a Friday night or you know um, during the day to get some good lunch, and and so we love Asheville, and and happy to know that we have a Hope Church there because I mean anybody who's been to Asheville knows it is a uh, it is a place that is 
the desperate need of the God. I mean, everywhere needs the gospel, but uh, Asheville, it makes it, they, they, they make it very apparent, uh, the need of the yeah. gospel there. Um, and so tell me, I guess, in all of this, what is, what is God? I mean, I'm sure he's taught you a multitude of things, but when it comes to, um, you know, starting up with, with there in Trenton and then coming back to Asheville, you know, what feels the same and what feels different as far as, you know, being part of the Hope family again versus when you left and, you know, what are some things that just, you know, feel like, man, it's like coming home at the same time, you know, some new challenges that, uh, that you're facing. One thing God's really teaching me is, uh, just the, the beauty of operating within your gifting. Uh, my gifting and my passion is church planning and missions work, which church planners are missionaries. I mean, there's just no way around it. I think missionary is probably a more accurate term than church planner. And um, I'm, I'm so thankful to be back within my gifting. Um, I went to Anderson, and that was such a beautiful, beautiful chapter of life. Uh, I don't think things could have gone any better. Like people have like friends, close friends, and even, you know, pastors and people that I talk to one-on-one have asked me, so many of them have asked the same question, like, what happened? What went wrong? Like you weren't there very long. Surely something happened. Isn't that, isn't that sad? Yeah. I mean, it, it, because I was planning on being there. The plan originally, when I went there, the first question I asked Chad, was, are you a church planning church? And he said, yes. I said, within three to five years, would I be able to go out and plant another church through you guys? And he said, absolutely. So originally that was the plan, was for me to help for a few years and then go plant a church. And um, so, you know, things sped up a little bit. But when I went there, I was I was going to help. And, and there was a season of, I needed to grow in some areas. I needed to learn more administration, organizational skills, and things like that. And it was a beautiful chapter of life, but it wasn't my passion and my gifting. I, I had an amazing youth group there. It grew. God blessed us. I love those kids, the families at that church. I don't think a church could possibly love us any more than that church loved me and my family. They treated us so well. I mean, they, they treated us so well. And it was just this beautiful chapter. But there's this divine restlessness inside when you're not operating within your gifting. And uh, they were more of an established church. And we did some transitions, but then they were kind of getting to a stage where they would move to two services and things were, you know, I was mainly doing a lot of administrative stuff. And that's just not my gifting and my passion. I need to develop those areas. But I just can't tell you how awesome it is to be back in church planning. And number two not only operating within your gifting, number two is uh, having a band of brothers in the Hope Church pastors and the Hope Church network that uh, we had our meeting. We usually meet on Tuesdays and we had our meeting today because Brian and Jesse and myself were here working on the parsonage. And um, so we met today and I just can't tell you how much encouragement, uh, how much brotherhood, how much support uh, exists between the Hope Church family uh, network and the family churches. And I'm thankful for Brian. I'm thankful for the other pastors that each one of them have reached out to me at different times and had conversations with me, asked me what I needed, sent workers here to help. Some are planning on in the very near future helping. So 
man, I love Hope Church. I love everything it stands for. I love that it's a gospel-centered church. I love that it's a church on mission. I love that it's a network of churches. I don't ever want to exist in an independent church again as long as I live. Uh, I know there's a place for that, and I know people are called to that, and everybody's not blessed with this type of network, but I wish they could be because it's so much better. I mean, we're just, we're, we're better together. That's just, just, just how it is. I mean, yeah. you know, that's what you see in the New Testament. You see Paul uh, writing letters and communicating on behalf of one church or the other. He compliments certain churches for being giving as they give towards other church plants and uh, taking care of one another. I mean, and that's just what God calls us to, is to, to be there and to be each other's loudest cheerleaders because in, you know, in the, in the work of the gospel, I mean, it's, it can be very lonely. It can be very uh, tiresome. It's very toilsome. It's, it's a, uh, you know, we are uh, doing something that is, is difficult and, and we need to do all that we can to encourage each other um, and, and help and help one another out because we just can't do this alone. I mean, especially in a, in a culture that is increasingly not um, I- increasingly uh, a religious or, you know, non, as they say, the, the nons these days and the culture that doesn't know about God, you know, it's just, you can't do things on your own. And, and, you know, we have to set aside our differences and, and ask ourselves the question, what is the most important thing? And no, that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when we put that as our focus, my goodness, I mean, it's amazing what, what God will do in and through uh, his people when they, when they set aside their differences and focus on uh, loving him and, and love of uh, loving one another. Um, and so if someone were to go and to visit, uh, Hope Church Asheville today, the brand new church plant, Hope Church Asheville. Uh, what are what would you hope that they would get um, as they visit the Hope Church Asheville family? What are some things that you would glean or what are some first impressions you hope they get? What should they know about Hope Church Asheville? Number one, I want them to know that we're a church that's dedicated to the gospel and uh, preaching, teaching the gospel, but also living the gospel out in community. And, uh, you know, just Quite honestly, I've been here for uh, two and a half months, and we're having to deal with past traditions, new people coming in, people that have been here, some of them their entire lives, you know, 60, 70, 80 years. And so um, Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17 was that we would be one as he is one uh, with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And um, until we are able to develop a community here and uh, just as transparent as I can be. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't had enough time to happen yet. Any authentic community is going to have to be developed and it's got to be rooted in the gospel. And uh, as we, I've told the church multiple times, as we grow together, we'll grow in number. And so my, my number one prayer is that we would start on the right foundation, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we would just really love one another and serve one another well, and that there would be a true biblical community here that other people would want to be a part of, but mainly that we would be willing to invite people into. Because, I mean, it's it's a lot of people move and start doing all these gimmicks and things just to grow the church in number. Well, uh, we need to have an existing community. I don't care if it's five people or 35 people. We need to be a New Testament biblical church that's known by our love for one another. And uh, as we develop that community together, then God will add people to the number. 
and through salvation and through uh, people that are, are looking for a, a healthy gospel-centered church. Man, that's awesome. And I guess really the, the final question would be is, uh, how long before we start seeing your hair down to your shoulders? How long before we start seeing some of the, the face tattoos? I mean, you know, that's I'm just curious, you know, how long is that going to take? So the man bun is never going to happen. Um, Sorry, my Peters. So, yeah. So uh, if I tried to grow my hair out, I assume that we're probably pretty similar in this, David. If I tried to grow my hair out, I think I could grow an afro. Yes. Because it literally grows out. Mm-hmm. Like it just, I've tried to grow my hair long before. It doesn't work. It's not going to happen. No, I would have to like put castor oil on it or something <laughs> like that to keep it from getting bigger. So, yeah, definitely not going to do the man bun. Maybe some tattoos in my near future. You know, I wouldn't be the only Hope Church pastor with tattoos. At this point, I have zero. I, I have zero. So some people, this is scandalous. Some people probably didn't know that. But Brian Edwards has quite a few tattoos. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just throwing him under the bus right now. But, hey, he's he's not shy about it at all. But, yeah, I, I may end up getting some tattoos. I mean, well, I've been planning my tattoos for the last 25 years. And maybe in the next five, I'll actually follow through on one. And then again, maybe not. Well, listen, know. you're in Asheville. One's not going to cut it. I, I expect you to be <laughs> neck down uh, by your one-year anniversary. I mean, there's no other way to celebrate. Well, so. You you know I'm going to Israel in uh, January, and Israel has the oldest tattoo shop in the world, according to what they say. And I think it was started in the 1300s, oh, something wow. like that. Like that, that's a real, it's a real thing. Um, and I know some friends and pastors that have gotten tattoos in Israel, so that would be really cool. But I may be, I'm just like two months out or a month out from that, so it, it's probably too late. I hear they have quite a waiting list, so I think I probably waited too long to get that done, but. We'll see. Well, I'll I'll eagerly uh, await a picture whenever you get your your first one. But I I can tell you right now, the Asheville community is going to look at you and say, you know, he's got a while to go. So uh, yeah, there you go. True that. Yeah. So well, uh, Nathan, thank you so much for taking the time to to speak tonight. And and hope family, um, let's be in prayer for for our our family in Asheville um, as they get started. And as they get going, because God has a tremendous work. And I mean, you know, when when God is in something, it is uh, amazing what what can happen when we just get out of the way and and, and let him do uh, his work. Now, I do also want to take a minute um, before we go, uh, Nathan, I want to have you close us in prayer. I'd like to pray for Mike and Jen Peters. They are yeah. uh, with their girls right now and just having issues with uh, visas and the embassy. And they're just trying to get there too. Uh, they just adopted two little girls and they're gorgeous they're beautiful little girls and they're just trying to get home. And so we want to pray for uh, them um, that God would work out any finances, uh, housing situation as they're there and just uh, get them home as quickly as possible, because I know that's that's uh, what we all want. And uh, so I want to pray for them. Um, so yeah. I'll go ahead and uh, let you close us in prayer and we'll uh, wrap this thing up. Yeah, sounds good. And before I pray, I just want to say to you, David, I'm, I'm thankful for how God moves in his providence, because when you and I met, I think it was probably through an email or through Facebook, through yes. the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, we ended up meeting the first time face-to-face in Vegas, Yes, and uh, I was absolutely overjoyed and blown away when I heard that you and Sam were moving to Danville to be a part of Hope Church Danville, and so, you know, I've just observed from a distance. We haven't been in a whole lot of communication, but we have run bumped into each other from time to time. Mm-hmm. You guys had an amazing podcast that was a part of our network. 
And I'm just so thankful for God's uh, providence and how he moves and how we're back in the same church network, uh, Hope Church family. So uh, God is God is good in how he brings people in and out of our lives. And I listened to your episode a few weeks ago and just can't wait to see what God continues to do and can't wait to uh, support you and pray for you as you go out to plan a Hope Church one of these days. Yeah, that's right. Well, we're excited about that. I mean, that's the whole reason uh, we're here and uh, we love we love the Lord, and the, and we know that um, at the center of God's heart is uh, is the church, and He gave His life for it, and so that's we just want to be a part of uh, what God is doing in church planting, and specifically through our Hope family, because I I don't know that there's any anywhere else I'd rather be, and uh, happy that uh, you know you're back, and so we can be in more communication and uh, see. Hopefully, we can uh, develop a, a brotherhood as well as we uh, continue working together. Uh, it sounds good. I look forward to it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all that you're doing in our lives. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to just talk about how you uh, got involved in our lives, how you pursued us, how you saved us, how you put us into ministry. And Lord, I thank you for all you've done in my family. Thank you for the Hope Church family and how you have just done amazing things in Hope Church and how we're continuing to grow. And Lord, thank you for allowing me to to be entrusted with this opportunity and this calling to plant a Hope Church in Asheville. And Lord, uh, I do want to lift up Mike and Jen Peters and their boys and their brand new baby girls that they've just adopted. Lord, uh, had a conversation with them today. And Lord, you know every single detail that's going on in their lives. I pray that you would move mountains for them. I pray that you would allow these visas to be approved that they would uh, get the appointment that they need to, to have those approved and that you would bring them home without those girls having to go back to the orphanage for a period of time. Lord, we ask you for this in faith and know that you, you know best and your plans are best. And we know that many times your plans are so much greater than ours are. And so God, I, I just ask that you would uh, hear our prayers, answer it. And in the middle of the situation, please let Mike, Jen and the boys and the girls know that you're, uh, that you're fighting on their behalf and that they have a family of churches uh, that is praying for them, lifting them up and supporting them. And God, we just ask you for this miracle and thank you for the ones you've already done. And I pray that even in this moment, they would feel your peace and your comfort and your wisdom and strength in the middle of this uh, season of struggle and transition. And Lord, we just trust and uh, trust all these things to you and ask all these things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Nathan, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule um, to come on the podcast. And I hope, hope family, that this was a blessing to you. When If you're out in Asheville, make sure you hit Nathan up because I'm sure he'd love to, to have yeah. you and uh, show you around and uh, make sure you come for Sunday uh, to see what God is doing there. Sounds great. Thank you, David. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a fantastic week.